The previous Mishnah taught that with regards to the obligation to remove the stones on which the nigger has appeared and replace them with new stones, if these stones are very thick such that they serve both sides, the other side of this stone is already part of the inner wall of the neighboring house. In such a case, the entire stone is removed, even the half that serves the neighbor. And this is a law that is learnt from Pesukim. On the other hand, when it comes to demolishing the house, if the nega has been confirmed to definitely be Tsaras, then only the half which serves him and does not affect the neighbor needs to be demolished. But if it's going to affect the neighbor as well, then that half of the stone should remain. And I'll cut it in half and demolish only his half. This Mishnah brings a couple of other examples of the same idea. If a nega appears on a house, a lower story, and there was an upper story above that house, above that lower story, he, so to speak, gives the beams that form both the roof of the lower story and the floor of the upper story, we give that to the owner of the upper story, meaning those should not be demolished because that would already be affecting and demolishing the other person's house. So he would need to demolish all of his walls and in order that the upper story will not fall down, he should set up pillars or the like in each of the corners in order to support the upper story. Likewise, Nirabalia, if the nega appeared on the upper story and that's what needs to be demolished, no sinus we give the beams to the lower story, meaning we consider them to be part of the lower story because it's a necessary part. It's their roof, so although it's also the floor of the upper story, since demolishing that would be affecting the owner of the lower story, that is not part of the obligation of demolishing the house, and therefore that should be kept. However, if a house has nega, has tsaras on it, and there was no upper story above it, then avonov eitzovah foreign itots and imai, all of its stones and wood and clay need to be demolished with it, and the only reason why part of it wouldn't be demolished with it is only if it affects another neighbor. If there's no other neighbor, then all of this is considered part of the house, and therefore it needs to be destroyed. Umatzil al-Hamalbanim, however, he can save the tiles that are placed on top of the roof, and we're discussing specifically tiles that are not attached to the roof, but they are placed on top of there in order to protect the roof, and since they are not attached, they are not considered to be a part of the actual house, and therefore he is able to save those and remove them before demolishing the entire house. And likewise, and lattices that are placed on a window in order to serve as a form of a curtain, since again these are not considered to be a part of the house, they are not fully attached, the obligation to demolish the house does not include these. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says... Malbain habonoyal gabov, although Malbain is a very similar word to Malbanim that was mentioned previously, this is a different item. This is a sort of frame that is built on top of all of the walls, and the beams that form the roof of the house rest on this frame, and this is attached to the actual walls, and therefore Nitzatzimai, it does need to be demolished together with the rest of the house, because it is considered to be a permanent fixture of the house. The mission ends off by teaching that just like a person who has a nega and items of clothing that have a nega that has been confirmed as tsaras on them, they are impure and they can make other things tome as well. 
And in fact, the level of impurity that they have is like that of a dead body, which is an extremely severe level of impurity. And any person or item that can become Tomei that touches them will become Tomei. This is learned from Psukim that compares Miriam, who was Moshe's sister who got Sara'as, the Torah compares her to somebody who is dead. And we learn from there that a Mitzayra, a person who has Tsaras, their level of impurity is like that of a dead body, and likewise a item of clothing or a house that have Tsaras has the same level of impurity. So the Mishnah says that even once the house has been demolished, now Avonov eats of Aforoi, the stones and the wood and the clay from the house, those retain that impurity, and Metamin Bekazayis... They can make other people or other items that touch them tome as long as they are at least the size of a kazais, the size of an olive, because that is the minimum amount of flesh that comes from a dead body that would be necessary to make something else impure. However, Rebilozor Chismo says that Bemashahain, even the smallest size stone, would be able to make something tome. And Rebilozor Chismo is specifically talking about a stone that is complete, it's not a broken stone, because... Although it's true that in general we require a kazayas of a dead body to make something else tome, if there is a full limb, even if it's smaller than a kazayas, the size of an olive, since it has significance based on the fact that it is a full limb, so that itself would be enough to make something else tome. And likewise, a full complete stone is similar to a complete limb in that it can make something else tome regardless of its size. The first opinion of the Mishnah presumably understands that a complete stone is not considered to be as of much significance, relatively speaking, in the same way as a complete limb is. Mishnah Dalad, the Torah says that anybody who enters into a house that has a nega on it becomes Tomei, and this is true even of a house whose nega has not yet been confirmed to be Tzara'as, and there is no instruction to demolish the house, from the moment that the Kohen has examined the nega and said that we need to wait a week to examine it again, already from that point the house is impure and it's, con- it's called a bias musgar in the same way as a person who has a nega and is awaiting another examination from the Kohen is called a Mutsuyra musgar. So anybody who enters into the house from the point that the nega has been examined once by a Kohen will become Tomei. This Mishnah talks about somebody who doesn't enter into the house fully, but he only touches the walls of the house. Bais HaMusgar, a house that has not yet been confirmed that it has Tzara'as, but the Nega has been examined by a Kohen and we are awaiting another examination. We're in the middle already of the procedure of Negoim and checking whether it's Tzara'as. Metamei it would make somebody impure if they touch the inside wall of that house. They reach in with their hand and they touch the inner wall. The Hamuchlot, and a house that has a nega that has been confirmed to be Tzara'as, and it already needs to be demolished. If somebody touches the inside wall or the outside wall of that house, they will become Tomei. This additional level of impurity that the house has once it needs to be demolished, and it's considered to be confirmed Tzara'as, is learnt from a posuk. The mission ends off, Zevozeh, both types of houses, whether it's already in the state where it needs to be demolished, or we're awaiting another examination... They are sources of impurity, for somebody who comes into that house, they will become Tomei in either of these cases. Mishnah the previous Mishnah used the term Bayis HaMuzgar to refer to any house after the first examination of the Koyen, until the Nega either disappears or is confirmed to be definite Saras, and then it needs to be demolished. This Mishnah talks about a Bayis Musgar, but it's talking about a specific type of Bayis Musgar, that is, one of the scenarios that the first Mishnah of this Perek talked about, 
when the stone on which the nega appears needs to be removed, the stone or the stones on which the nega appears, and then replaced and new plaster, new clay placed around those stones. If after he replaced the stones, he then took other stones from that house in order to use for a different purpose, one who uses stones from such a house, not necessarily the stones which had the nega on, different stones, he takes them and he uses them as part of a structure of stones which are pure. And meanwhile, the Choza Negala Bayes, a nega returns to that original house, which means that that house now needs to be demolished. In the same way as we learned with regards to Tsaras that appears on clothes, that if somebody tore out part of the item of clothing and sewed it elsewhere on a different item of clothing, and then the original item of clothing now needs to be burnt because it's confirmed to have been Tsaras, that applies even to the part of the item of clothing that has since then been removed. So to over here, Cholit Savonin, who would be obligated to remove the stones from this new structure, which in terms of these stones is considered to be demolishing them. He doesn't need to demolish the entire new structure because no nega ever appeared on them. However, these stones, which were originally part of the house that has the tsaras, they need to be removed from that new structure in the same way as the actual house needs to be demolished. Chazar al-Havonim, what happens if the nega returns, it develops on those stones which he removed and built into this other structure? Habayis al-Rishayin, the old, the first house that had the nega on, Yenosets, it needs to be demolished, because this is considered to be the nega returning to a part of that house, to stones which were a part of that house. Now, all the more so, the stones which are in this new structure, whether a nega actually developed on those stones, certainly those need to be destroyed. However, if you think about it, we have two different ways of viewing these stones. On the one hand, they are the stones of the original house. On the other hand, currently they are part of this new structure, and if that new structure is a house, so that house has now got a nega on one of the stones of the house. So we can't just remove those stones. We have to go through the entire procedure of Ngoim on a house in order to check whether this other house is also something that needs to be demolished. And therefore he shouldn't yet remove those stones in order to fulfill the obligation of demolishing. Rather, Vohavonim, the stones, Yeshamshwe Sabaisa Sheni Besimonim, will serve the second house as a sign, as a way of telling whether it's Tsara'as or not. And if indeed the nega will end up disappearing, so then he can remove the stones in order to fulfill the mitzvah of demolishing. But if not, if the nega will remain, then it could be that the second house will also need to be demolished. The point is that we need to keep those stones there for the meantime in order to ascertain whether the second house also has negoim, which are considered to be tsaras or not. Mishnevov, the law is that if a stone that was part of a house that needs to be demolished because of the tsaras that was on the house, if such a stone enters into a house or into any roofed area, anything under that same roof will become tome. The Torah essentially explicitly states this with regards to a person who has tsaras on his body, and the same applies to a item of clothing that has tsaras and these stones that came from a house that had tsaras. This Mishnah talks about which literally means a house that is covering over a, another house, and the other house was confirmed to have tsara'as. The scenario under discussion is essentially a smaller house inside of a larger house, and it's the inner smaller house that has been confirmed to have tsara'as. Tsara'as appeared on that wall. 
The question is, what is the status of the area that is outside of the inner house, but it's still within the outer house? V'chein, and similarly, another similar scenario, Ilon shu a tree that is covering over a house that has been confirmed to have tzara'as. The tree is forming its own roof on top of this house, and the roof that is formed by the branches of the tree stretches a bit further than above the house itself. One who enters into the outer house or into the area underneath the tree that is outside of the actual house, Tohar, he'll remain pure because it's only the inner house that has Tsaras on it. So that's the only thing that becomes Tomei. Why should the outer house become Tomei? Div Rabbi Loz Azaria, that's the opinion of Rabbi Loz Azaria. However, Om Rabbi Loz or Rabbi Loz said, Moim Evans Achas Mimenu. If we find that one stone that comes from a house that was confirmed to be Tsaras, it spreads its impurity by being brought into a different house. Just one stone that came from a house that has tsara'as. So who atzmai? A house itself that has tsara'as, that is situated inside of a house, a larger house, or underneath the roof which is formed by the tree. All the more so should it not cause impurity by the fact that it has a house which has tsara'as underneath its roof. If just one stone from such a house spreads its impurity to everything else underneath the roof, so all the more so the entire house that has tsara'as, and it's underneath a different roof as well, it should cause anything underneath that other roof to become Tomei. Now, a possible explanation of Rabbi Lozman Azario's opinion, who argues against this, is that he understands that as long as it is attached to the ground, its impurity is less, just like we find in general that something that is attached to the ground cannot become Tomei at all. So it could be that as long as the house is actually standing there and it's attached to the ground, it does indeed have a lower level of impurity. Although it does have impurity, if somebody enters into there, they'll become Tomei, but its impurity is less than a stone that has already been removed from that house and is now a movable item.